0: this is a federal news network podcast fighter planes and attack planes are known as tactical aircraft the armed services have a lot of them and they're mostly old So old, most of them are past their service lives, yet they're still in the inventory. And DOD wants to spend $100 billion to refresh that fleet. The Government Accountability Office finds, though, DOD needs more detailed analysis before proceeding. Here with more, the GAO's Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions, Marie Mack. Ms. Mack, good to have you back.
1: Thanks, Tom, for having me here. And just in
0: general, how many aircraft are we talking about here?
1: When it comes to exact numbers, I won't go there just because some of it's probably more classified than not. But when it comes to aircraft capabilities, I think one of the challenges the department faces is how best to modernize. How much do you invest in the development of more advanced capabilities and procurement of new aircraft versus sustaining those that are currently in operational use? And like you said, it becomes a very difficult balance because... DOD's existing tactical aircraft have been operational since the 70s and 80s and are very old.
0: We're basically talking F-15, F-16, F-18, and F-22.
1: Correct. And let me put it from an acquisition perspective, because that's where I've done a lot of the work in. We typically find that In hopes of meeting capability needs more quickly, DOD historically initiates new acquisitions with limited knowledge about key technologies and system designs. And then we consistently find that this approach leads to cost overruns, schedule delays, and ultimately performance issues. So this approach gets back to that difficult balancing act I mentioned earlier, and it drives DOD to invest billions of dollars in service life extensions and sustainment efforts to address shortfalls and enhances existing capabilities. Getting back to what you mentioned in terms of the aircraft, take a look at the F-35, for example. Development began in 2001 with immature technologies. It resulted in numerous development challenges, cost overruns, and delays most likely to warfighting capability. More than two decades later, DOD is still chasing that modernization of capabilities. So as a result, DOD has modernized and has continued to modernize and extend the service life of older aircraft like the F-15, F-16, F-A-18, just to ensure that we have the aircraft with some level of useful capability in the event that we really need those kind of um, capabilities operationally.
0: All right. So there are a lot of planes. I'm guessing it's the hundreds. It could even be thousands of these in Air Force and Navy and so on then they have the choice of what to do with them as individual aircraft. Are some of them ready to just be scrapped? They're beyond updating, and others can be updated and kept going, or what's that situation?
1: And that's really where we looked at what DOD studied to find out first, are there really gaps and shortfalls? And we looked at these DOD studies, which were done really well, because they used the assumption of affordability constraints when they looked at the tactical aircraft. And these studies were done between January 2020 and 2022. And bottom line is depending on the assumptions they used, which time frames, which threats you're dealing with, they did the basic conclusion is that we need to modernize the tactical aircraft fleet. That's essential. But as you mentioned earlier, in terms of how do they address this, there's over twenty billion dollars spent annually for combined Air Force and Navy just to procure aircraft and modernize the existing aircraft it's that delicate balance that we referred to earlier about what what do you get rid of what do you build on and where do you buy new ones
0: Right, because at some point, theoretically, a given aircraft can be kept going forever. If you put enough money into it, at some point it becomes uneconomic, even though it's technically possible to fly it forever.
1: You also want to look at capabilities. What are the future capabilities we need? I mean, these older aircraft are still very capable. I don't want to, say, I don't want to imply that they're not capable to do what we need, but longer term, it's one of those, do we have the aircraft to address the capabilities that we need to the future fight? That's really what's important. We have to make sure that, that is there.
0: And I want to get to your recommendations. We're speaking with Marie Mack, Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions Issues at the Government Accountability Office. And in this particular report, you are really looking at the analytics. That DOD has to do to make sound decisions, correct? Right.
1: And what we found is that the military services, they are making investment decisions to address their respective tactical aircraft needs. The problem is, as a department as a whole, has not conducted an integrated portfolio level analysis across tactical aircraft investments for instance like we discussed earlier air force and navy combined invest an average of 20 billion annually over the next several years on tactical aircraft addressing shortfalls and gaps but it's their own individual service gaps and that's not how we usually ultimately that's not how we fight dod fights as a joint force and granted the budgets for and acquire systems are all individual And so the system is very service-driven, stovepiped, which makes portfolio management across DOD very difficult. But in this particular case, it's even more important. There was an example that we had in our report that looked at you have the Navy basically, when we did our review, the Navy had proposed to divest a certain type of tactical aircraft. And then when we talk to the Air Force, the Air Force is, well, wait a minute, that's kind of critical to our joint force operations. So when you divest, when one service chooses to divest one and another one says, wait a minute, we need it, that proves the point of needing to look across DOD to understand what we really need and when.
0: Right. That's opposed to the method by which each force decides, well, if I'm going to show up, here's what I'm going to show up with. But it turns out the Navy needs certain things from the Air Force and vice versa. And so they have to coordinate, you're saying.
1: Absolutely. And that's where we get into this concept of portfolio management, which is really, really important. It's that disciplined process of taking an integrated approach to conduct reviews. And you basically figure out what investments that are affordable, you balance your long-term and near-term needs and maximize return on investment. That's Most important to the taxpayer, and it's also important for national security purposes.
0: But isn't there more than one situation that would drive an analysis? For example, if you're in the Straits of Taiwan and the Navy and the Air Force are together versus somewhere in another hemisphere in a different situation, different tactical terrain, that would – require different capabilities of one another. This requires really a portfolio of analyses, also looking at it jointly.
1: Correct. Absolutely. And that's why we're proposing as one of our recommendations is to do this integrated acquisition portfolio review of the tactical aircraft platforms. And it helps you figure out what are your interdependencies, what are the risks, what are the trade-offs. And these are you're talking very, very expensive investments that DOD has to make. So Let's do it in an integrated way.
0: Because your report is specifically about the four aircraft styles we mentioned, 15, 16, 18, and 22. And then the F-35, even though the initial copies now are getting to be pretty long in tooth, it's not a fully developed program yet. It's not fully operational. So it sounds like there's an underlying assumption that the tactical older craft one way or another, we're going to need those for a long time to come because the F-35 fleet of 2100 that was envisioned a while ago is nowhere near there yet.
1: Right. And that's one of the main things. A lot of the services back uh, back over a decade ago, I mean, they were planning for the F-35 to take, replace these aircraft so that they wouldn't need to continue to upgrade and figure out how to extend the service life. And since that is not coming out to fruition, but that goes back to my point about, better acquisitions, doing acquisitions better in the department and that'll help that as well. So it's not an easy solution, it's complex and it, has to, it involves all angles. And I think that's where you're, you're absolutely right. We need to figure out now that they have spent all this money on extending the service life and looking at how we continue to build capability on the older aircraft, we still need to get better at doing acquisitions and we still need to look at, okay, with what we have and what we're planning for the future, How do we look across the department? That will be a great start in moving in the right direction for both, like I mentioned, the taxpayer and for the department.
0: And this is probably outside the scope of this report, but I'll ask you anyway. There's a, again, something I'm interpreting, that the original strategy for the F-35, that one platform could serve three services, vertical takeoff, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that was the, the cardinal error in the whole program, which meant that none of it came out well soon enough and within cost constraints in time for all of this.
1: Uh, yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I can't comment on that because I have not done a lot of the F-35 work. I'm aware of what we've done, but I have not done a lot of that work myself. Well,
0: there is a small industry of people that kind of watch that whole program, and so maybe one of these days you'll join them. And by the way, did DOD concur with this conclusion of, about the need for the comprehensive analysis of their needs?
1: Yes, they did concur with that first REC. Now, our second REC, which was to provide the underpinning of the Integrated Acquisition Portfolio Reviews to Congress, DOD partially concurred because they felt like they were already sharing the information with Congress that they do have. And our point was, no, what you share through the NDAA process, through the National Defense Authorization Act process, is what you've always done. Congress gets very little insights into the trades and analysis underpinning those budget requests so we feel like and then the extent that they do provide portfolio level insights again it's typically limited to specific service like the air force will say we're making trades among air force systems but there's no discussion about what the air force and navy and marine corps trades are and so what we're looking for and we've had this discussion because we still believe this rec is very very important is that DOD provides congress with executive level summary type insights into the puts and takes across the services that you're making when you do these integrated acquisition portfolio reviews. Because the Congress needs to understand what are your trade-offs that you're making versus just, okay, this is our budget request and here are the details for those requests. And so that, that's the second recommendation.
0: Marie Mack is Director of Contracting and National Security Acquisitions Issues at the GAO. As always, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And we'll post this interview along with a link to her report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Fly the Federal Drive wherever you go. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Leadership today, especially within the federal workforce, is being tested more than ever before. Sean Ferguson, Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Chief of Staff to the Office of the Chairman at the Special Olympics, joins host Shane Canfield, CEO of WEPA, to discuss the importance of leadership, inclusion, and community building. To learn more about how you can get involved with the Special Olympics in your community, visit specialolympics.org slash get dash involved. Hello, and welcome to the Lessons in Leadership podcast. What are some of the biggest... Lessons that you've learned working with that community, oh uh, yeah, almost uh, Shane, it's almost immeasurable. The things I've learned since I've been with Special Olympics I uh, one of the things that drew me to Special Olympics uh, when I made the move over from from the NFL. And so I, I knew that I knew that work a bit, you know, they they basically were in direct care and, and I will say and on a obviously will say about my, my family, my mother, and my aunt, my grandmother, they're saints, uh, but uh, the the men and women that do take care of people with uh, profound disabilities are, are really, um, you know, we, we can't do enough to salute them. I, I, Tim Triver, my boss, the chairman, uh, says all the time, and I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, we get more than we give uh, working with Special Olympics. And you know, we, and thank you for your very kind words about the work I do and we do. But but we're the lucky ones. We, those of us that work here are the lucky ones because. I said to someone the other day, you know, the things that I've been able to see and experience with athletes, you just don't get to do that anywhere. That that you know, it's a, and it's so unique and it's so uh, joyful and and uh, I mean, we work hard and you know, we we're up against you know the things that nonprofits are up against and you know the you know the issues of the day, but uh man, you see, it, it, and 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 the inclusion and in the at Special Olympics, no one's excluded. uh, and and the thing that that uh, tim triver has done uh, and really pushed in the years that he's been chairman is the unified sports model that that i mentioned earlier um where people and, and it doesn't have to be uh, it's not just school age it's it's uh, you know we say 9 to 99 or uh year old uh, folks uh that play on teams uh, bowl together golf together play soccer basketball together